Well, my first choice would have been Kurt Russell. Bionic. Hello and welcome to Bionic episode 56. Bionic is a show dedicated to analyzing competing technological and media ecosystems and pretty much whatever me and Matthew Alexander would like to talk about. Now, the man, I am Mike Hurley. The man who is joining me is back from uh, back from Las Vegas. This is probably, you know, only one way to, uh, to bring him in. Hi, Matt. What is that? How you doing? Um... <laughs> I don't know. I was feeling quite mundane until the song started. I just feel like you need some sort of party introduction. I've torn away all my clothes now. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Who was that that did that song? It's Robin Thicke. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you know what date is today? The 23rd. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to Bionic the Musical. You know that Friday Bionics are always my favourite. We've only ever done one. And it was my favourite. Mm. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. You haven't been in Las Vegas. I think I'm a little bit delirious. Yeah, something's happening. Because um, I'm, e- I'm not even in much of a manic mood right now. I'm sure that will change. Yeah, probably. It's, it's helped by the fact that you just played music by someone called Thick mm-hmm. at the beginning. Why is it getting louder? We've literally lost all of our listeners. No, we gained more. That's how Did that we? works. You don't understand how the internet works. It's it's podcasting SEO. <laughs> Podcast SEO. <laughs> it's that's what Federico calls them. Podcastia. How are you? He told, he told me it's not racist. Um, mm. I'm fine. I, I'm really tired. Um, it's really weird. I went to Las Vegas, so I was there on business, right? Um, and um, I didn't drink or like go out at all all week. Um, it was just work. So it was a really surreal Las Vegas experience. Um, I mean, Las Vegas is surreal already. So it's it's just it was deeply strange. I mean. You've been to Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Not for work. Right. But, um, I mean, where, where did you stay when you went, if you don't mind me asking? I do. Oh. So, I stayed at the MGM Grand. <laughs> I stayed at the Luxor. Okay. Because I'm an Egyptian. <laughs> because I have an affinity for triangles. Um, <laughs> and um, Yeah, so I was at the MGM, which is, it's, it's one of the sort of lower cost options. And... Um, as a result, there's this certain tendency that like, you, you come down in the elevator at 7 in the morning to go get a Starbucks, and there's just a bunch of people having a fight outside the lift at 7 a.m. who haven't gone home yet. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just that sort of thing where, like, y- you arrive, and at the Las Vegas airport, they have slot machines right next to all the gates, and you walk in, and you just suddenly see these people sitting there who are on their way out. I hope they're not on the way in. And they're just sort of clinging onto that whole environment. They're there smoking a cigarette and playing the slots with the remaining shreds of money they have yeah, left. Yeah, that's and such a sad thing to see, like people playing slot machines at the airport. 
Yeah, and then you get the sort of androgynous that. blob humans that yeah. that look like sort of the Wally it, characters. It it looks yeah it, yeah them. It looks like someone sort of like has a pet boneless manatee that they have managed to park and train to pull a lever, um, and they're there, and you don't know if it's man or a woman, and they always have like uh, like an IV or breathing apparatus. Oh, well, and, those little tanks that they like wheel around, then it gives them oxygen. Yeah, yeah, for survival because they can't breathe on their own volition anymore. Um, and they're there smoking a cigarette, and they've got a yard-long, bright neon whatever's in those things. It's probably a fruity drink. It's probably something you drink. And mm. the whole thing is just when you when you look at it through like very very sober eyes throughout the week. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to be really judgmental because I don't have that much against it. But um, it's just like this really filthy, unsettling experience. And the people there, they're just so into it. And it's just just varying shades of different Harley Davidson t-shirts on men and women. And it's like, where where do you guys hide through the rest of the year? They They live in Vegas. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I always try to be nice to cab drivers and whoever, you know, and just make conversation. (laughs) Ha ha, you live in Las Vegas. (laughs) No, and like, and it's a bit like, you know, when you go to the cinema and the guy selling you the ticket says, uh, enjoy your film. And you say, you too. And then Mm -hmm. you walk off and you're like, balls. The worst Um, one is when when you're going on holiday and somebody tells you, enjoy your holiday. And you go, you too. Yeah. It's also bad. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I kept doing that. I, that, that's the equivalent of saying, are you from Las Vegas to whoever's driving your cab? Um, like you, you say, it and they're just like, no, no one's from Las Vegas. I've just been here for the past 25 years driving this cab. And it's like, oh, okay. And it's just, I, the whole thing is just so, I don't want to be judgmental of people and I don't want to be too disparaging of the way people choose to live their lives like that. But, um, there's something deeply unsettling about seeing these people um, well into the, their sort of uh, more mature years that are choosing to spend their time in this neon hellscape of depression and anxiety. And it's just, it's just a very surreal, strange experience. Suffice it to say you're moving to Las Vegas. Oh, my God. I didn't even bring anything home with me. I've just moved into my room at the MGM. <laughs> it's the uh, Mac gets mental that's what they're renaming it to <laughs> I feel like there's something better than that yeah I mean it was you know what do you want from me it's Friday Friday professionalism Friday um, yeah so it was really weird um, I was really hoping like, um, I had a few phone calls while I was out there and you know I was sort of joking around about it while I was there and I was thinking you know we were texting back and forth and I was thinking oh you know I'll probably have something fairly funny to say about Las Vegas when I get back. But I'm so jaded on the whole thing, you know, because everyone says you can only ever be there for three days, and I stayed for five. And it's just, you get back from that, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's, there's nothing funny about it. I spent five days in Las Vegas and enjoyed it immensely. Did you really? You've got to understand, though, that uh, unlike... That you're a terrible human. Yeah, and unlike you, because, you know, you defected many, many moons ago, um, I enjoy everything about Americana. 
So that, like that that is that is the one of the most un-British things I've ever heard. I don't know. I I feel like our generation is that's changing a lot more because we have been brought up watching American TV shows and movies and American culture is so prevalent in our lives. Um, but I, I love it. Every all the silly things about America, like when we were in San Francisco, mm. uh, Mr. Benjamin um, commented that I'd he'd eat, seen me eat two grilled cheese sandwiches, <laughs> and I, my response was, well, "We That's don't have them." Just at the home. sort of thing you'd point out. Yeah, yeah I said, well, we don't have them at home. I am in America. I am eating like you people do. We don't get. We we can't go to a restaurant and get toast with cheese that is grilled. You can't get that in England. Yeah, you can't like stop into a petrol station and get a trough of Coke like you can get here, you know? Yeah, like a grilled cheese sandwich is not something that is on a menu it, unless, I don't know, like a, a breakfast? I, I don't even know if... I, I've never seen a grilled cheese sandwich on a menu. I bet they have it in one of those knockoff American restaurants. Yeah, like the like diner the Texas place. Embassy. You know, so it's like when, when I am in America, I like to indulge in, in all of that insanity. So a little anecdote on that. Because I'm half American, so when I was growing up, I always had to come across to America for my um, you summer say holiday. It like it's a race. What? <laughs> I'm half American, like mm-hmm. how people say, like I'm I'm half. I don't know. Anyway, I am. I'm a dual citizen, uh, two two passports. Yeah, but it's um, like you know, if you have, uh, never mind. Well, so I always had to come over during the summer um, to visit family and everything like that, um, and. When I was young, my, my parents were very sensitive to the fact that American food is extremely rich. And, you know, um, in England, it's it's not really. There's a lot of stigma in the U.S. about food in England, but there's really nothing wrong with it. We have um, good food. It's just uh, maybe a little bit more bland in general. Which isn't a bad thing. So no. every time I came over when I was young, I'd be sick after the first two nights or so. And it wasn't that we ate anything bad. My parents were really ready for it. It was more that just... The palate, size, everything of the food out here is just ridiculous. I mean, people are being trained to, you know, you can't appreciate the taste of something as basic as like an apple because from, you know, a few days old, you're drinking these synthesized tastes that are just the most mind-blowing, mind-bending, synthetic sort of experiences you can have. And it just ruins normal food. Um, so there's no sensitivity to that sort of more bland, uh, basic food that just sort of speaks for itself. Like my favorite sorts of foods really tend to be beige in color. <laughs> <laughs> like yellows and beiges, you know, like that's, just that's kind of depressing. Just pasta, you know, like like without too much accoutrement. Uh, <laughs> potatoes, I like potatoes. I like cheese, but I like like cheddar cheese, you know. I, I like. I'm happiest when my dinner my dinner plate is just different shades of of beige <laughs> and, and and like yellow. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The very moment America discovered that food could be delivered in a bucket is the very moment this country went to hell. <laughs> is that the uh, the Colonel Colonel Sanders? Is he to blame? <laughs> yeah. Um, if he was a real human, and I believe he was. He was. Yeah, and I think he's dead. He right? is, yeah. I well, he deserves him. to be if he's not. Um, <laughs> um, him and his delicious spices. 
Um, blend of 47, isn't it? 47 secret spices. Sanders was born on September 9th, 1890, <laughs> in a thin-walled four-room shack on a county road three miles east of Henryville, Indiana. He was the oldest of three children, born to Wilbur David and Margaret Ann Sanders. It's really funny. It sounds like you're reading from Stephen Hackett's Wikipedia page. <laughs> In 1930, Sanders opened a service station in Corbin, Kentucky, where he cooked chicken dishes and other meals, such as country ham and steaks. Where's the chicken? Since he did not have a restaurant, he served customers in his adjacent living quarters. Hmm. So hmm. people just ate in his bed, I guess. <laughs> it was a brothel and uh, steak house. When did he die? <laughs> That's weird. When did he die? <laughs> uh, he bought, he died on December sixteenth, nineteen eighty. Hmm. Hmm. It's probably best he didn't live through the eighties. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what would he have done? I don't know. There was a very sizable proliferation of cocaine and uh, mm. Ronald Reagan and uh, Margaret Thatcher, and I feel like that wouldn't have been good for a his down home constitution. Colonel Sanders' white suit and black clip-on bow tie was sold at auction for $21,510 by Heritage Auctions on June 22, 2013. The suit had been given to Cincinnati resident Mike Morris by Sanders, who was close to the Morris family. The Morris family house was purchased by Colonel Sanders, and Sanders lived with the family for six months. That seemed like it got weird at the end. Yeah, it did a bit. Um... So, yeah, Las Vegas in America. How do we get on to this? The suit was uh, purchased by Kentucky Fried Chicken of Japan president Masio Charlie Watanabe. Charlie! Yeah, he's known as Charlie, affectionately. <laughs> Watanabe put on the famous suit after placing the winning bid at the auction event in Dallas, Texas. He put it on! He wore oh, it! Oh, no, and it was Why? in my city as well. Why did he do that? Why did he wear it? That's weird. Wearing it out at the shop. Charlie is a freaky guy. Well, you know, you do get that whole thing uh, with people obsessing over American culture like that from outside the U.S. Uh, for example, you. Hmm. Um, I would never wear Colonel Sanders' suit. I know, but you would wear like... I'd wear your suit. Yeah, or like Steve Jobs' turtleneck or something. I would buy your suit when you die. What suit? Do I have like a signature suit? Anything. Right? The tearaway like trousers. It's a tearaway suit. <laughs> I'll wear your tearaway suit when you die. It's just an Italian-made uh, Velcro outfit mm. onesie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Colonel Sanders. Um, yeah, so Vegas was really weird. Um, you know, you, you, just, you just sort of befriend the weirdest 11, people. 11 herbs and spices. I gave How him, I gave him an extra 36. What? I gave him 36 more. Wow. It's um, rubbish. What? So it was rubbish. Yeah. 11. We would have had so many emails about the number of spices we got wrong. Yeah, it was one of those things that I felt like I should check. Because yeah. One, one email for every spice you got wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't be taking all those bucket crazy people. <laughs> um, so what's going on with you? Let's not talk about Las Vegas anymore. See, you've got me, like, I was thinking, oh, it'll be really funny. But it's actually really depressing. Yes, it's, you it's, turned it's Vegas the, into it's, such a downer. 
it's it's just um, Las Vegas is a very visceral and aesthetic expression of precisely what was wrong with the overindulgence of uh, modern America in many respects. And that's why, like, for a lot of people, I was chatting with someone earlier this week that was saying, you know, I don't want to be too disparaging because, you know, it, it is very much the expression of, like, the American dream and freedom and all that sort of stuff to do whatever you want and whatever you feel like. Um, and there's something romantic about that, I suppose. Um, but as someone that wasn't, you know, born and raised in this country and someone that, um, that does live here now that has sort of migrated into this environment and it takes a lot of getting used to going out there where you go and you have this very, um, it's, it's just very intense in all senses of the word, um, that you just sort of walk away and it's just, if, if it were, it would be, if it was a book, it would be sort of like three pages long and it would aptly summarize everything to do with why people outside the U S hate the U.S. That was quite negative as well. Bright light said it gonna set my soul gonna set my soul on fire <laughs> Should I just assume every time you go quiet you're looking up a song? Yeah. Um, how are you doing? I'm sorry. I need to, I need to like recharge and like get into optimistic Matt again. Yeah, I'm good. I'm still good. I'm, I'm, I was, I was good the first time you asked and I think the I know, second I'm just, I, I just sort of ran out of segue ideas. So I keep asking you how you are. It's the worst segue. <laughs> I don't know what to say. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, what else can I say? Um, I segue with Elvis Presley songs. Well, that's that. not really a segue, though. You just I was saying, like, let's get away from Las Vegas, and you played a song about Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could have started talking about Elvis, you know? Uh, Elvis, he's from Memphis. I've been to Memphis. Um, I've been to Graceland. Have you actually? I've actually been to Graceland. I think if there was potential for one place to be more depressing than Las Vegas, it would be Graceland. I'm going to tell you about Graceland. Tell me. But before tell I do me all that, about it. Before, Slather it all over me. Before I do Give that. Give me a bucket full of information. I want to take a break from our highly informative technologi- technologically based program <laughs> to uh, talk about one of our fine sponsors. Oh, God. That's What? No, just the opening of the show. I, I'm desperate to hear about one of our fine sponsors. Oh, it was, a, it was an old god of delight, not an old god of terror. No, it was a deep oh god of like... Please cleanse my palate with one of our amazing sponsors. <laughs> well, that would be. I was going to go way more erotic, and then you kind of went erotic, but then. Um, cleansing a palate is not. Not. That's what you're cleansing it with. Let's talk about Squarespace. This episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at Squarespace, the only one platform that makes it super easy to create your own website, blog, portfolio, business site, online store, anything. Anything you want to put online, Squarespace can give you all of the tools that you need. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO8. Squarespace are consistently doing amazing work. I love all of the stuff that they put out. They're adding new features all the time, new beautiful designs, great templates that feature responsive web design. All of Squarespace's sites have this built right in. No Squarespace site looks like it's come from... You know, a service. like It's not like one of these 123blogmaker.com. They all look 
really, really professional and really beautiful. And you go, you know, you go to a Squarespace site and you think to yourself, it looks like a really nicely professionally made site. That's because they have excellent designers, award-winning designers that have put together beautiful layouts for you to start with and you can they've got tons of different style options and loads of fonts you, they've integrated with Typekit and they've got Google fonts in there as well so you can get you can tune your site and, and make it your own space online. And that's one of my favorite things about Squarespace is just how beautiful and unique their websites look. They have a great support team, 24 hours, 7 days a week. Their support team have won awards too. Squarespace are just winning awards left, right, and center because they are so awesome. Go over to squarespace.com, check out the videos that are on their site, and it will show you how different types of people from different walks of life, different types of creative people, can make, make their home online with Squarespace, and it will give you some ideas as the type of stuff that you can make. They do, it, it, no matter what type of website you want to make, I would check out Squarespace first. If you have a site somewhere else, I still think you should look look into what they do. And you can import your content in, you can play around with it, all within a free trial, which you can go, when you go to squarespace.com, you will be able to sign up for a free trial. I would never start a site anywhere else. It just It's easy, it's simple, and you get everything and more that you would need or expect from any sort of website building software. You don't have to do any of it yourself because they take care of all the messy stuff. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And you will get 10% off and help support Bionic and all of 5x5 if you use the offer code TALLYHO8. That's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O-8. So go check out Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Did you catch the key letter in, in the offer yeah, code? Yeah, so on... Uh on back to work this week, mm-hmm. they were talking about how I've shed my H and you still have it. Mm-hmm. It's not true. Y- your your H is less prominent than mine. No, what I'm going to say is that um, there's there's a deeply polarized sect um, in England of people that say H and people that don't say H. I personally say H, and that was how I was taught to say it at school. And I remember there was a guy at school. Who said H? Who and kept he was the popular one. Trouble. He was the popular one, right? He was the one that all the girls swooned over. He really wasn't. He sort of resembles a vole in mm. many ways. <laughs> mm. um, I remember him very distinctly. He drove go karts, which is so embarrassing when you say it out loud. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> a vole. He's a go kart driving vole. Yeah. Um, no cocaine tricycles for him. Um, no, yeah, so there's, there's this very deeply, um, it's, it's a very deep divide, I feel like, in uh, the British Isles over people that say H and people that say H. So just because Michael says it, and he's sort of the face of greatness on 5x5 and, and podcasting. And, and Great Britain. Podcastia. Um, I am the face of Great Britain. Um, no, you know who is? Uh, Princess Kate or whatever. Um, no, no, even more, even more than proof. I even feel more. like I feel like you actually have a macro on your computer or something to send that same image of her every time. Oh, because... I just I just have it saved to my phone. God, <laughs> that's not any better. I never said it was. I'm just giving you the facts. <laughs> it's not attached to a text expander or anything like that. I just have that picture of Duchess Catherine of Cambridge. No, oh, you finally got a title right. 
Why are they from Cambridge? Why they're not is it from Cambridge? Cambridge. It's like the Prince of Wales. He's not from Wales. They just have to yeah, give him a place. I mean, that's a bit of a reject, isn't it? They just have to give him a place. Cambridge is great. What do you mean finally got her title right? I know what it is. You're the one who's no, always calling her Princess no, on Kate. On episode 50, uh, uh, which was entitled um, United Queendom, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, refer- <laughs> you referred to her as, um, you know, like... Uh, Steve, the Queen of uh, Hills, or I something. Think, no, see, whatever you're saying, you don't actually know what you're saying, and I will therefore say it's all lies. Uh, well, anyway, you finally learned your your cultural um, titles. Um, you really like her, don't you? I have a great affinity for for the Duchess. Yes. Mm. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> 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 that was that was tactfully done. Well done. It sounds like a secret agent code phrase. Do, yeah, do you have a great affinity for the Duchess? Yes, I do. And sometimes she resembles my quarters. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying anymore. Oh, uh, the crow flies at night. What he's basically trying to say is that he has a very, very deep, erotic sense of appreciation for our future queen it doesn't need you don't need is she gonna be a queen i don't know matthew (laughs) (laughs) is she gonna be a queen (laughs) she has the ability to be yes and she probably will be what's the route to queenliness for her um continuing to be a royal and hoping everybody else dies including her husband right no. What? Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. I Do got you understand you. how these things work? How long have you been away? Well, I, well, there's another thing is that it's deeply polarized in England, um, in our generation particularly, whether people like the royal family or not. And I think that anybody that doesn't should leave the country. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> I predicted your opinion and left. I lo- yeah. I'm going to put that the said picture of the Duchess. I know you are. It's going to be in the show notes. It's going to be in the show notes. But I've been doing this thing recently um, because the 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 great system at Five by Five has the ability to add images to the pages. They don't show up in like um, Instacast or something. Yeah, so you have to go to five by five dot tv slash bionic slash fifty six. No, no, current- no, 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 no. Tearawaytrousers.com Yes, you can also go to tearawaytrousers.com slash 56. Or it's tearawaytrousers.com slash lacist or tearawaytrousers.com slash RSS if you want to subscribe. Yeah, basically anything that you would say 5x5.tv slash bionic, just put tearawaytrousers.com in front of it and it will work. Tearawaytrousers.com slash 56 will take you to the page where you will currently see um, an image of the Wally people Oh, the overweight, uh, amorphous blob people. Mm-hmm. To signify the Las Vegas trip. It's, it's, it's an actual portrait of Florida right now. Yep. Wally is, it looks like it's a pre-recorded film, but it's actually just a live stream of a beach somewhere in Florida. Or Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's a, live, it's a live feed split between Las Vegas and the slot machines at the airport, at McCarran Airport, and... Uh, People wandering aimlessly in their rascals into uh, Disney World Orlando. Rascals is is strange to me. Well, riding them. 
No, the fact that they're called rascals. Well, it's because it's because a morbidly obese person who who has lost the <laughs> lost the power to stand up for themselves. Um, they need some element of excitement. So if they called it, if they called a rascal, if they named it something like um, the obese mobile. Well, we called them just motorized scooters or mobility vehicles. Yeah, but that's there's something condescending about that. Only the way that you say it. Because it would be like it would be calling it, you know, it's it's a bulldozer for fat people. It's like a fat person transportation system. Um, Why does it have to be a bulldozer? Because that's the only thing that could lift them. Um, and um, a rascal is is way more exciting. It's a bit sort of like oh, it's edgy. Yeah, I may have lost the power to lift my arms, but I'm up to I'm up to mischief on my uh, rascal. Mm-hmm. But it's also for well, <laughs> offense so many people this week. Um, what else is new? Uh, Steve Ballmer's retiring. Yeah, this this happened today. Yeah, which ha- it happened quite abruptly. It happened first thing this morning, um, prior to the West Coast waking up, and it's and he's just sort of in a very sort of Microsoftian fashion. He's announced that he's announced that he's he's going to retire nebulously sometime over the next twelve months. Well, it's as soon as they find somebody to replace him, he will Well, retire. they've already found someone to replace him, I'm sure. Well, then he would have just retired. No, it's so he can groom them sexually. Mm. This is the Michael Jackson... <laughs> this is the Never Never Land of executive transitions. Hmm. That was really inappropriate. Hmm. Are you writing down tiles? No, See, I'm, I'm just listening. I started closing our Google document when we're recording because when you start writing tiles, it's very distracting. It's probably for the best. Um, how do you feel about this? Well, he needed to go. Um, so he's certainly not doing the company any favours, but he's just changed the whole executive and structure of the entire company. Like yeah, the management structure of the whole company well, has so, just been changed and now he's leaving. Well, so the thing I see from all of that, right, is um, what he did when they did the reorganization is that they put him very much at the top in a sort of an unimpeachable role. And he put his acolytes in in charge of various verticals beneath him. So fewer people report directly to him, right? What I would assume is that in that new structure, it's far easier for him to select his own successor from the people directly below him and then... Everyone in that particular vertical from wherever he draws his CEO will just step up one. And if he takes someone from outside, um, they would just simply uh, replace him at the top. I feel like it was going to be an outside hire. Can you A lot think of people of have been anybody... saying it like, wouldn't be great if they hired Marissa Meyer, but well, that's, there's, there's literally no way she'd ever do it. She's a, I don't think she'd necessarily be a good fit. She is a web person. Well, the the person that's most likely at this point is Julie Larson Green, right? Who is? Oh, is she the Xbox lady. She's she's in charge of Surface and Windows, and she's moved up very very quickly. She's obviously she she presents at all of their events now. Um, 
she's very scary. She's very off-putting the way she talks, but she's obviously extremely talented, and she's been at Microsoft for 20-odd years. I feel um, like they need a, a, a big name. They need a Marissa Meyer. Yeah, they, they need, need a someone, big They name. need someone like that that hasn't been necessarily in an executive role that's going to come in and be fairly disruptive, that's going to come in and do the sort of thing she did where she looked at their logo and said, it's really embarrassing that you have like the copyright and uh, trademark symbols in the logo. We need to get rid of those. Someone that has the audacity to come in and tell them that they're being really embarrassing. Um, because if they go and hire someone like HP, got Meg Whitman and people like that, right? That who's that just the most really well stale them. and boring person who's just just pure business, right? Um, and if they do that, Microsoft will just become a faceless enterprise company. Whereas if they get someone more exciting, you know, there's way more potential. They need a showman or showwoman. Right, they, Show need, they need a magician from Las Vegas. <laughs> David Copperfield announces <laughs> CEO of Microsoft. <laughs> they host an event. Steve Ballmer runs out. And, and then, then disappears, and then he runs into a, he runs into a cabinet, and then and then and then on the other side of the stage, a cabinet opens, and David Copperfield walks out. Yeah, and a bunch of mist is on the floor, and like low lying mist. He points up to the top of the auditorium, and Bulma's running around in circles in, in the seats. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly what they that should do. That's exactly what they should do. And Microsoft, if you're listening. We will, we will be available to organize this for you. We'll let you have this idea. Mm. You can have this one. This is for free. No, 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 no. You can't have it. Okay. You just have to hire Mike and I to put it together for you. Right. And best believe there are going to be some tearaway trousers in this act. Well, yeah. That's, you go back to David Copperfield and he's not got any pants on. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, it's misdirection. You look out into the crowd and you're like, oh my god, Steve Ballmer is suddenly sitting next to me and by the time you turn your head back to the stage, he's just completely nude on stage. Um, That's exactly what you would want to happen. Yeah. There needs to be far more nudity in uh, modern, the modern executive world, if you ask me. I would have expected that if I would have asked you. Wait, if you asked me to host an event? No, that you would have thought that there should be more nudity in the executive world. Well, you know, people in the tech industry are far too modest. They focus on, like, ecosystems and other stuff like that. And really, they should just be focused on being really confident in their own skin. That's, what, that's why Silvio Berlusconi is such a powerful leader. He should be the next CEO of Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he gets out of prison, <laughs> as soon as he gets out of prison, he'll celebrate with a big bunga bunga party, and uh, they'll sacrifice uh, Steve Ballmer there as a ritual, and um, and then just have lots of sex, and then he'll he'll bring it back. I mean, he is a successful business person as well in the media industry. Would you like to see one of your favorite CEOs, like Reed Hastings, go into? So, in actual all seriousness, in terms of people that come to mind, they could do this. Um, what about what about seriously? What about Scott Forstall? Yeah, I mean, he he has got a huge amount of experience. He seems like a pretty obvious choice, right? Like, you know, yeah, it, as in Marissa Meyer like circumstances, you know. Well, Marissa though didn't do anything in disgrace. She wasn't fired yeah, but from Google. Neither 
Well, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Well, she no, she was put out to pasture. Yeah, she sort of she out she outgrew her use there. She was she was she was given increasingly worse jobs. Like, but she had been there. Yeah, there are a lot of parallels. She'd been there since the beginning. She had pioneered a lot of what made um, Google really great early on, and set out those guidelines. And now she's doing the same thing at Yahoo. And you know, Yahoo is actually really bouncing back now on an unrelated topic. You know, they were number one in internet traffic. Uh, for July. That's crazy, right? Because that's like yeah. not uh, apparently that's not including um, Yahoo or anything like that. Right. So that was just off of their Wait, own. What do you mean not including Yahoo? Tumblr. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Um, in terms of someone to replace Steve Ballmer, I don't know. I'd be really happy if they. I'd be really happy if they took someone from outside and um, maybe someone like uh, Phil Rubenstein, uh, who's the former CEO of Palm. Is his first uh, name Phil? I don't know. It's John. Steve. Mark. Yeah, Jeff Rubenstein. <laughs> Aaron uh, Rubenstein. <laughs> no, so Mark Rubenstein. He <laughs> would be a really great CEO. Who uh, is Mark Rubenstein? Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> Alex Rubenstein. <would> <laughs> That's really the guy. That's the guy. That's what I'm looking for. What about Eric Schmidt? No. No. No, Eric <laughs> Schmidt is working his way out of Google right now, and I say this without a shred of humor, and he is invariably going to try to get in politics. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm not joking. No, that doesn't seem like... A, I mean, I don't really know a lot about the man, in all honesty, but... Well, he's, he's an extremely smart man. Yeah. Um, but I can. I think the logical progression for him leaving, um, as he, he has, he's had to lobby uh, Congress and everything. And yeah, Google has been yeah. very open for that sort of stuff. That's why and, that doesn't surprise me at all. Because I know that I know that that is what yeah. they have done in the past. Like that, but, you know, he works with the U.S. government to go out to North Korea for outreach and stuff like that. I mean, it's a very logical pro- progression for him to go into politics. It's the same with the CEO of, of Uber. If you um, if you are at that level, right, CEO of Google. And if you're not going to become philanthropical, did yeah. I say that right? I don't care. If you're not going to become philanthropical. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so the party version. Exactly. You only fund really sexy philanthropy. <laughs> In the rainforest. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are saving people from malaria, you are philanthropical. Yeah. If you're saving the rainforest, you are philanthropical. <laughs> dancing for a cure. <laughs> if you're not going into philanthropy, <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah. Um, then the politics natural progression would be into something like politics because it's more power, right? You can't you can't go up once you've been at that level. You can't continue to go up. There's nowhere else to go. Because the other companies where you would fit in, the the C like that that role changes so rarely. That's when you buy a a hollowed out volcano like Elon, yes, uh, Musky Mask, and try to take over the world with a shotgun for humans. Like, I don't know. Oh, hang on a minute. What? So, Elon Musk and Forstall, they were in the volcano, right? 
We, I don't we know decided if that. There. I think we decided that. We definitely said Sanofsky was in there. Now he is yeah, now. When did you decide this? When he is did now you decide this, this? I'm sure if we didn't have this conversation, we've definitely I have, not had this then conversation. I had thought about this. Um, basically, <laughs> the dreaming I decided, and bionic conversation. Basically, I decided clearly on my own that Elon Musk's volcano was populated um, by other disappearing <laughs> executives. <laughs> Because they leave companies and you just don't hear from them, so you know they they were like you know they were like his Goebbels, for example. Right. Well, I made that reference and apologized for it. Yeah, I apologize again for that. So Sanofsky is now a venture capitalist. Is he? Yes. No, he's he's an advisor at Andreessen Horowitz. It's yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't understand your world. To me, everybody invests at that point. All you guys do is just go, oh, VC. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, because come on, it doesn't have any parallel to anything else in the world. And if you do not, if you are not in it, you do not understand it. That's what people say about my bed. Exactly. It holds no parallel to anything else on the planet. If you are not in it, you cannot begin to understand it or even comprehend it. Pictures cannot be taken of it. It's like the concluding scenes of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Your bedroom is like the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Nobody really knows if it exists. People go in and they never come out. And soon a movie will be made about monsters emerging from it and being beaten down by giant robots. I could really pass that, but I'm not going to. Yeah, don't. I don't think it's good for anyone. Okay, so who's in the volcano? Um, right, so now... The start is an actual sort of... We were, we were grasping at going into an actual intellectual discussion about Steve Ballmer. Oh, uh, well, it's gone. He's not allowed in the volcano. Well, no, but this is my point. Is okay. he going in? That's... No, 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 no. He's not allowed in. He can be security. He can just run around the island. <laughs> he's just, he, he just patrols the run. perimeter. <laughs> yeah, they've just got a field somewhere for these... <laughs> <laughs> just got a field somewhere where he can just run around. It's like a dog kennel. And they'll just have it out there. And he can just sort of get angry at clouds and um, <laughs> run around a lot. I imagine that if there's one thing that Balmer is really angry about, it's the cloud. <laughs> That's a good tech reference. Thanks. I was thinking more of actual like water vapor in yeah, the I sky. Know. I know what you meant, but I couldn't let that one go. I mean, he's he's obviously a very intelligent man. I don't mean to be excessively reductive. Is he though? Like, but he's an extremely he? over aggressive man that's um, looking at an industry um, in a ridiculously reductive and outmoded way. Like, he's clearly not an idiot, right? He's clearly not like no, it's a just numbskull. His, he's psychologically he... frozen in 1983. Yeah, like, is he smart by today's standards? Like, he you never hear like. You never hear him say anything that... Well, first of all, he doesn't say anything. He just yells things. I mean, uh, he is probably a, a good boss, right? <laughs> I doubt it. In that, in that he... I bet if you put him in a room with 25 developers, they will do more work when he leaves than before, they, before he came in. Like, I can imagine he has the ability to really fire people up, right? Because that, that's the... He is a ridiculous clown of a human, but I imagine that he has the ability to motivate you quite sexually. Hmm. 
That wasn't what I was going for. Is it ever? Friday, Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, like, we're going to get to the volcano in a second, but I feel like I have to say something cogent. Um, I think that... Um, I think Steve Vollmer hasn't necessarily done the worst possible job there. Oh, <laughs> as in the company's still operating. Right. So, like, it could have been worse. But, um, and I and I think in many respects, it's for the best that, um, that what's his name is out of the picture, uh, Bill Gates. Um, I think that's probably for the best. Um the trouble, though, is that I just, he seems to me to be frozen in an outdated mentality regarding the industry in which we all find ourselves, right? He has completely lost track of what it is that makes a company um, competitive, compelling, and interesting in our industry. And as a result, he just, he just needs to step aside. He should have done it years ago. Um, and now he's left a lot more work for people to contend with for whenever he does leave. Um, but what I will say is that this reorganization he's initiated and all this sort of stuff that he has done, it, it will prove to, it, it will leave a very cohesive and um, organized structure for his successor to take over, which is an intelligent thing. People have said, why do this? And it's because um, it's now very well organized for someone to come in and from an executive position at the top of the tower, uh, look down and work out exactly where things should go and how things should be fixed. So it's like it's like organizing your file structure on your computer from time to time. Like if you hand it over to someone else and it's very well organized, that person can discern that structure and work out a better way of doing things if necessary. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's just chaos and you say build a structure around this, there's going to be way more of a learning curve. So I tend to think that the reorg isn't, I think it's a good gift for whoever takes over next. And I can only hope that they go with someone from outside because I think Julie Larson Green, as much as she's extremely uh, talented, obviously, um, I think she's been at Microsoft for too long. And it's a bit like how, you know, Google got Marissa Meyer from, uh, well, Yahoo got them from Google being their biggest competitor. And the reason of their downfall um, it, it would be a lot like Microsoft getting someone from Apple having been one of the main reasons for them losing a lot of traction. So someone like Forstall could work. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting time. I, it's been, it's, it's long overdue, as we've said. Um, but yeah, on, but he won't, he won't get into the volcano. So we are all unfair to him, you know. Right. We are all very critical of him. I am. We have been over the last fifteen minutes. So I was thinking to myself, does he have a legacy, like that we can put a pin in? So I went to Wikipedia. Okay. This is what I found. Under Obama's tenure as CEO, Microsoft's annual revenue surged from $25 billion to $70 billion, while its net income has increased 215% to $23 billion. Although these gains have come from the existing Windows and Office franchises, Balmer has also built new businesses such as the Data Centers division, which had a $6.6 billion profit in 2011, and the Xbox Entertainment and Devices division, which had $8.9 billion profit. In terms of leading the company's total annual profit growth, Balmer's tenure at Microsoft 
Microsoft, which is at 16.4%, has surpassed the performances of other well-known CEOs such as General Electric's Jack Welch at 11.2% and IBM's Louis V. Gertzner Jr. at 2%. The diversified product mix has helped to offset the company's reliance on PC and mobile computing devices. In reporting results during April 2013, while Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8 have not managed to increase their market share above single digits, the company increased its profit 19% over the previous quarter in 2012, as the Microsoft Business Division, including Office 365 and Server Tools and Divisions, Servers and Tool Divisions, are each larger than the Windows Division. And so he made Microsoft into a platform company. Rather he made than a them company. into a very successful enterprise company con- continually right. and has grown the company. I just think, I find that strange, right? That we look at him like that. And it's because he is not, well, a, be- he's not a product visionary. Well, it's because everyone's been looking at it in this very reductive sort of, including us, yep. in this very reductive sort of Microsoft versus Apple and Google sort of light. And the Google comparison makes some sense. Um, but Microsoft really is aiming at a far different demographic than it was when Apple and Microsoft were really squaring off against each other. And these days what they're doing in comparison to a lot of what Google is doing is arguably uh, less controversial and more interesting in some respects. Um, I think their design has improved, their cross-platform support has improved, and they're beginning to look at themselves far more as a platform company rather than they are a product company. And that's alien for those of us that enjoy Apple products and things of that nature, but it, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. So, so basically, in the last two minutes, we've decided that Microsoft is doomed. No, what I'm saying is no, that... No, I'm being silly, but what we've actually proven is that he has done some good stuff, but it's just not the stuff that we like. It's... it's what, what's happening... I'll put it this way. Except Xbox, because you love Xbox. I do. Um, I think what this is, is um, it's the inevitable backlash from people in our side of the world that are very sort of, that can have the capacity to be very fearful of change. Um, Watching a former competitor um, changing direction and moving more towards being a background service that's not necessarily consumer-facing, a lot like an IBM, where the name comes up from time to time, and it used to be a source of a lot of controversy and interest and everything, uh, but now you rarely hear people talking about them as you know, anything relevant for any of us on a day-to-day basis. You know, um, That's where Microsoft is heading right now. I'd love, and I think what we're all hinting at is that we'd love to see them as more of a competitor for the Apple and Google of the world. That they can be that company that challenges them on all fronts, that has a very robust back-end sort of architectural sort of uh, setup and infrastructure, but they can also compete on a product basis. And I think the Xbox, as much as the One has been controversial and everything, I think it proves that they can be. And I think... Yeah, it does. Uh, they need to to make consumer uh, computing devices. Again. Well, they don't need to. Well, but that's what we want, right? That's what. Right. Right. I mean, and I think for them to continue to be a successful company, they they kind of do. Like as well, that's. I mean, look at IBM then. Yeah. Well, but they they have the they have you know what is it Lenovo became their sort of PC wing, right? Yeah. Um, I, I could see something like that happening where the Surface and Xbox lines become a separate consumer-facing entity. Um, but then people actually need to buy them. They need to want to buy them. 
which right which can happen i think i agree 100 uh, percent. but one says they're not doing it right now for whatever well, reason it's not working for them as i guess they would hope that it would have done i mean wouldn't it be great if the Microsoft that's generating a huge amount of revenue as an enterprise entity that's building things like office and data centers and all that sort of stuff can exist alone and apart and thrive on the pragmatism that has led them to what they are today. And then uh, concurrently we can have um, a more disruptive entity with a new brand that is built up of the the sort of more influential designers and thinkers behind things like the surface. But rather than having that ongoing contradiction that we talk about, that ongoing sort of tension and conflict between those who really want change and those who really don't, if you're able to separate those two camps to keep Microsoft, the the base and home of this, into this very sort of ongoing um, entity that doesn't need to challenge the status quo, and then you have this separate smaller portion that can still thrive and drive profit and revenue towards Microsoft that is built up and comprised almost solely of the people that have been hinting at really, you know, actual greatness from inside Microsoft. You know, if the surface had been what we thought and hoped it would have been, the people that saw the hope and promise of what the surface could have been, um, if those people could comprise a separate entity that took those properties and really let them be what we all want them to be, you know, that would be really interesting. Um, but obviously that's a huge hypothetical. So. See, we can have sensible conversations. We can right. still do that. Right. No, I mean, I, I, it's just the problem is, and it's, it's the perennial problem with Microsoft is that, I think a lot of us really now really want to like Microsoft. Um, I think we just want, as you say, I think we just want our favorite companies to have um, good competition. Good comp because it, really good competition spurs on greater innovation. Right, and I think I think we want that to happen. I think we I think we very much want that to happen. And I think the problem is that all of us, I'm not saying we know any better than Microsoft, I doubt we do, but I think, I think all of us seem to have a consensus opinion that they should be doing these certain things and we keep seeing them getting so tantalizingly close to being that and fulfilling that destiny that we all, we come so close to being such huge, like it happened with the Surface last year, everyone came so close to really like actually going and buying one. Apple nerds, that I know went and queued up to buy them, you know, um, people came so close, but then it just didn't deliver on what our idealistic and optimistic hopes, um, dictated it would be as a product. And I think that we're kind of doing that right now. You and I talking about this is we're sort of saying in a very hopeful and optimistic way, like if they separated these things or if we if they really allowed the idealists within their company to build something really good and interesting with a really amazing non-compromising um, user experience, then Microsoft would be in this sort of amazing position again. Um, not that they're not in a good position, but just a better one. Um, but the problem is that Microsoft time and time again fails to deliver on those hopes. So it maybe that's Ballmer's influence. It's difficult to tell, but my hope now... I'll put it this way. My hope now is that whoever takes over and takes stewardship of this company from now on is the sort of person that can see that 
they've come so close to doing just the right thing um, several years in a row now um, in a more disruptive light than like a Windows 7, which did a lot of things right, but didn't really push the envelope that much further. And I think if they get someone that can really fulfill that and really change it, then that's when we have a really amazing uh, potential scenario on our hands. Until then, you know, if it's just someone from internal, you know, you can just pretty much guarantee it's going to stay mostly the same. We have a very, very important topic to discuss. Yes, we do. But before we get that, a topic which is maybe equally, if not more important. More. Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search now at Shutterstock.com, and you will find the perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or just about any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you access to a global image collection to find images from across the world to suit your projects. You can choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Whatever fits your needs, you never have to compromise. Because if you need just one image for your blog or something, you know, maybe a mock-up of some description or you're sending out an email to some friends and you want to include a picture of a clown in it, then you can do that too. Because you can just visit Shutterstock, search, find an image and buy it. It's very simple. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new because they add over 10,000 new images every single day and it's more affordable than you think you don't pay any extra charges for large files if you need something in a resolution download it from one resolution if you then need it in a higher resolution you can download that too you don't pay extra for this you just pay once for the rights to the image and you can download any size which believe it or not is not what you get everywhere else which seems kind of strange to me but shutterstock do things in the right way when you're searching around Shutterstock and you find images that you like, you can add them to a lightbox gallery as you search. It's like a little place where you can keep images that you like that you can review later. You can also use their iPad application to do this as well. They also have enhanced licensed access. So if you have an image and you want to run it, maybe you want to print it, or if you go to Vegas trade shows like Matt, you could have some swag printed up with some images of some trousers on them. You could do that too. They can get you an enhanced license for basically any image that they have. They also have, as well as images, vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips. They've got it all. All sorts, all sorts of media over at Shutterstock.com. I want you to sign up for a free browse account by going to Shutterstock.com. There's no credit card needed to do this. You can just sign up for a free account. And then when you find the images that you like and you decide to purchase, you want to use the code BIONIC8 and you'll get 30% off any package. Thank you so much to Shutterstock for their support. You should support this show by going and buying some cool images for your creative projects. Shutterstock.com. Um, we have two important topics, at least. Two. At least two. Uh, I'll, let, I'll let you kick it off. Hang on. I feel on. like I need to... Is there more music? Yeah, but I'm so not ready for this. Um why not? Because it just popped into my head that I wanted to do it, and then, you know, it, it, so now I'm not I'm not ready at all, and I'm frantically searching YouTube for this. Yeah, I got it. Atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed. Oh my God! Roger, ready to move out. <laughs>
have a really good idea. Me too. I this should we... be the opening to our show. Oh, really? That's not what I was thinking of. I'm going to set this as my alarm. Affleck. <laughs> Affleck. Anyway, so Ben Affleck is Batman. Yeah. Did not see this coming because he has been linked with multiple um, DC properties. Um, and has A lot de- of the time as a director. Yeah, and he's, he's been declining them all. So, like, they wanted him to do Justice League and he's been declining it. And that's this has been happening for a long time. But now Ben Affleck has signed on to play Batman in the upcoming Superman vs. Batman slash Batman vs. Superman movie. Mm. Well, Because they, they've they've not said what it's actually called, I don't believe, but, but Warner Brothers own both domains, Batman vs. Superman.com and Superman vs. Batman.com. It will probably um, be Superman vs. Batman because it's Man of Steel 2, right? They should call it Batman vs. Superman. I don't think they should call it either, in all honesty. They should just call it... Uh, what's the comic book called? Batman and Superman? Um, or Dark Knight. Isn't it? What? 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 No, there's a, there's a comic. Oh, that Greg Puck writes. Right. Yeah, no, I, th- I don't think they should call it either because they've not called any of the Batman movies Batman. Oh, no, it's Batman Begins. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see where I was going with that? Though? They use Dark Knight and Man of Steel. Like, they don't call right, but them- they can't call it Batman The 1. Dark Knight and the Man of Steel. No, but they should, com- they should give a different... They should just come up with a name for it. The you know? Knight of Steel. Or just be like, you know, the Unstoppable. The Man of, the man of Dark. Unstoppable versus Immovable or something. You got, you got, you got Steel, Dark Steel. <laughs> sounds like Night a porn steel. title. It sounds like we're nope. literally brainstorming porn titles. Nope. Um. Nope. <laughs> no, Matthew. Um, no, the, my, my feelings on this... I don't know. I feel like it could be okay, but um, I think that the reaction to this was summarized, and I'm not going to say it out loud because you'll have to censor me, um, was summarized by our good chairman, uh, Mr. Ben, uh, Dan Benjamin, um, who he and I were texting last night, and I said, oh, by the way, Ben Affleck's just being cast as uh, Batman, and he replied with... uh, it starts with the word mother and then goes for like three or four more words. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about this. And I feel like that, that's kind of how like a lot of people feel like this. I mean, I, I feel like you're going you're gonna to be really confident about it, aren't you? I'm a fan of Ben Affleck. <sighs> this is a bit like how you're going to get a gold iPhone and a lime green iPhone. Stop spoiling the next topic. Oh. Is that um, the next topic? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Ben Affleck is a is a he's a good actor. But he's a good director. He was good in Argo, and he was good in The Town. Yeah, um, he's two most most recent movies, and which he directed and acted in Goodwill Hunting. He's incredible in that. Yeah, that was I mean, nineteen eighty. No, I really don't feel like people should be talking about Daredevil in this because yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, Chris Evans is a great Captain America. Human Torch, not so much. Right, so I mean, because there was the, a, because it was a bad a natural, movie. I mean, there's that natural tendency for all nerds about this sort of stuff to be very, very overprotective, and there's this, there's a lot of stigma surrounding Ben Affleck. I'm willing to admit that, and I'm not basing, I'm not basing my opinions on whether I like him as an actor or not. It's more that, um, as an actor, um, 
in a universe that is linked and will be very recent to the one uh, carried out by Christopher Nolan and uh, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck tonally is far, 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 far different, right? And I think it's, it's I, I'm not concerned about him as an actor. I'm sure he'd do a brilliant job. But it's more that he, as a person, is very divergent from the general aesthetic that they had in the most recent films. That's my only concern, is that if this, is, if this borrows from The Dark Knight Returns, which is probably my favorite graphic novel, you know, that's about a grizzled old Batman who's been retired for eight years or so, um, who has, you know, gray hair and his bones are weak and he just isn't what he used to be. Um, and he's just, he's jaded and he's pessimistic and he hates people. Um, there's a lot of apathy, you know. It reminds and, me of you a bit. Right. And, yeah, so they should cast me. And, um... <laughs> Right, ben, Affleck, ben Affleck, <laughs> you know, for one, he has, like, a weave. And two... What? Yeah, he definitely does. Does he, though? I don't think that's he accurate to say. He definitely does. Anyway, and for two... Um, listen to Roderick on the line. Uh, and for two... Uh, what is it? Um, he, he's, he's, quite, he's got quite a high-pitched voice, you know? Um... And I, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, he doesn't sound strange. He doesn't sound like Steve Jobs um, or Elon Musk or any of these guys. Why did Steve Jobs... Was Steve Jobs going to be Batman? No, he just has a very high-pitched voice. Um, we talked about this last week. Uh, so, I just don't want, like... After we just had a Batman that was very sort of like, Oh, I talk like this. Um, Batman. Where's the trigger? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, so after we have that, and then we go to Ben Affleck, who's a bit sort of like... Hey, buddy, like, I'm pretty angry about, like, all that stuff that's happening. And it's, like, that's just not the same. And considering this is meant to be the logical progression of someone that's now very aggressive and jaded and is going to fight this alien that's from another universe, another galaxy that's crazy powerful, who just literally leveled an entire sissy, if we're really following on from that sequel. And Ben Affleck wanders out and he's like, hey, guys, I guess I'm going to, like, fight you now. I mean, that's just, it doesn't work tonally. That's my only problem. It's, I'm sure he can carry it. I'm sure if he was mute the entire film, he'd be a great Batman. Well, if Man of Steel is anything to go by, he won't talk at all. <laughs> yeah, there's like four lines of dialogue. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who they would have done. I don't know who they would have used instead. And I'm not one of these guys that just hates Ben Affleck in principle. And I'm not one of these guys that has like a Google document going of like, oh, here's my ideal casting choice for all these different movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, those guys where like it's, it's announced and immediately, like, well, my first choice would have been Kurt Russell. And also I have a lot of notes about like, uh, who was the guy they always want? Jason Fillion. Nathan um, Fillion, why do you Nathan. not know names? I don't know. Right, so Steve Fillion um, and all those <laughs> sort of guys. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so that, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, I, I, don't, I don't dislike it. What was that? What is that? <laughs> okay, and then cut to like a clip of Ben Affleck, 
and he's just sort of like, hey, guys. <laughs> you see what I mean? It just doesn't mesh. You need to work on your Bostonian accent. Um, well, he's not going to be from Boston in this, though, is he? Yeah, but that's his voice, though. No, not always. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he can do, he can change his voice so convincingly like you do. Uh, yeah. Again, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, I'm available. Um, but um, wait, are you looking up another video? Is that what no, you're doing? no, I'm, I'm just listening to you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I know that you you like him a lot. Yeah. Um, which I think is totally valid. But I just can't. I mean, can you really see him as Batman? Yeah. Huh. I mean, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Right. Yeah, but Christian both- Bale, like Christian Bale. I mean, yeah, they he's all awesome, have- but. They all He's have not Batman. A, a deep tone. That's all I really care about is the voice. At this yeah, point. but Christian Bale doesn't actually talk like that. He puts that voice on. Like, he, his voice is not that well, deep. He's British. He sounds like you or I talking. He, he, um, you or me. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't have a high-pitched voice in general. That's my only point. I think he's going to be fine. You can teach somebody to talk like that. I I am intrigued about the gold iPhone. I know you are. There has been lots That's of pictures. That's why you will one day be in the volcano. There have been lots of pictures, and from the pictures, the champagne iPhone looks pretty nice. <laughs> I mean, I think that it looks well, like I, for my yacht. I mm. will potentially buy one. I mean, why not? Why not? Tell me. Welcome to welcome to Bionic, a show about discussing Mike regretting decisions. I don't regret any decision. Actually, I regret most. But you know, I I maintain that I made the right decision in buying a white iPhone five, even though everybody was like, "Oh, you shouldn't buy a white iPhone five. You got to get the black one because it's the That's only one." That's such a lie. It's you hang out with Stephen Hackett. He's all like, "Ah, oh, white only," and all those people. I bet Federico has a white iPhone. Well, no, Stephen actually bought a black one. And returned it. Because he knew that the... the what? <laughs> nope, not saying it. What? It's just really difficult to ever say white and then saying that it's like best or is, was the right choice. Or, oh, because it sounds racial. Yeah, it sounds... Well, you know, if you say like... Well, I went with black and it was definitely the best option. No, you're wrong. Well, I'm definitely not going with gold, so... I might do. I want to see it, and I might not, see. This is the thing: I might not have the choice to see it, so I might just go for it. I might take one for the team. I think no, that's you would be buying it because you want it, not taking one for the team. Um, well, no, that's no. But what I'm saying is, is I would like to see it first. But if I have to buy it online, then I might buy it sight unseen, and just because I think I think that I would like it, but I wouldn't be sure until I can see it. But then I might as well just do, take one for the team. But knowing me, I will probably just get a case for it anyway, so you'll never even see it. Like, I keep my phone in one of those Mophie cases, and I'll probably yeah, yeah, get another one of those, because I can't imagine the battery's going to be at a level that I consider sufficient. My problem with this is the black and white. You know, those are non-offensive, very basic palette colors, right? They they are one end of the color spectrum each, right? And then gold um, is in the middle. What? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> God damn it. Um, and um, I hate you so much. And um, 
they're just there's there's nothing there's nothing that can really go wrong with either of those choices, right? Gold or champagne or whatever is straight up just like a color, and like I get that you know there's all these people that you know as soon as Apple does something right. You know, gold is a fairly garish color in general, and everyone kept suddenly, like, suddenly the apologists uh, tripped and fell out of the woodwork, and they just suddenly just half baked excuses like, "Well, gold's pretty fashionable these days," and it's like, "No, it's not. I, I work in that industry, and it's not." Uh, what's the other reason people give? Oh, because it would be really easy to anodize onto metal, which directly conflicts with. Apple doesn't do anything unless it really has a good reason to do it. I can give you why I think they're doing it. My personal why. why? And if you talk about the UAE, you're a racist. I have no reason. <laughs> I do think that it's big in in Asia. Yeah, that's straight up racist. But like, it's not. It's true. It's well, true. It's, at the very least, I've had people when I I tweeted about this when everyone was crying about it. Yeah, I saw you tweet about it. And, and I, then people were responding to me that lived in those parts of the world, and they agreed with me. They yeah. said you are correct, Michael Hurley. Well done. They didn't say well, that, but okay, you know, okay. Words so to that hypothetically, people in some parts of the world like uh, uh, gold in general as a color. That's fine, but the market. Apple is trying to crack right now is not the UAE. You know, they're, they're, all these people are buying iPhones as it is. They're not going to suddenly buy more iPhones because it's gold. Uh, the market Apple is trying to crack is China, and I don't think they have a natural preclusion for gold um, or an inclination for it. Um, I think I think it's a very random choice, and I think it's. And I, I get that it's going to be fairly mild in champagne, <laughs> um, but I think it cheapens. I think it cheapens um, what they've done with the iPhone. I think the five C keeping that separate with all these multicolors, that's fine. That's fun. It's whatever. But the iPhone five and like five S, like the flagship phones, uh, presumably will just be the five S from now on. Um, I feel like that should be kept as sort of a bastion of like, you know, it's meant to be, it's going to be more targeted toward the more sort of professional user, the more sort of mature, like potentially business or person, right? Um, and, I, and I just think that gold is a misstep in that. Don't forget about the ladies. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, what about them? They exist. Right. Oh, God. so you, you, you're now being sexist and racist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been going for. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've just, I've just come back from, like, a fashion uh, week in uh, Vegas, right? It's a fashion week. Oh, yeah. It's it a fashion week? Oh, yeah, it's a fashion. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and... Sorry. There was one show that where you could see gold, and that was Liberty, which was sort of a more streetwear um, sort of show. It was more sort of independent streetwear brands, um, like Billionaire Boys Club and stuff like that, um, for anyone that cares. And that was Nobody the one place cares. where you saw it, but it was obviously, it was very much like a fleeting fashion trend. It wasn't something that, of any semblance of permanence. There's, there's nothing wrong with like gold in moderation, but gold is a color and champagne is a color or whatever 
on a phone that's a fixture for your life going around the air, I think it sets a weird precedence. And I think, I think it's just a, it, as it's just a poor sartorial choice. That's what I'll put it as. That's what I'll leave it as that. And so ends the fashion portion of the show presented mm. to you by Matt Alexander. Mm. Um, I met Pharrell in Las Vegas. That's why another reason I played the song. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked you if it was him in the song. Mm-hmm. It was. And mm. Robin Thick. Thick. With an E on the end? Yeah, T H I C K E. Thick. Thicker. Thicky. In Germany, they pronounce that as thicker. Are you there? Yes. <laughs> Just holding off. Um. So to close out, who's in the volcano? Um. Well, Sanofsky well, is Musk. gone. Musk. Why is Sanofsky there? You, you've you've inserted all these people into yes. the volcano without my knowledge. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's what this I is a, this is At best, this is a committee, and I feel like I should have some say. Okay, so the, the proposed entrance into the volcano. So we'll, we have established that Mar- Elon Musk owns the complex. It is yeah, his and the volcano. only way in is by vertically landing SpaceX rocket. Yes. Like in uh, You Only Live Twice. So I think that we're... Literally, s- but you've actually built a vertically landing rocket just like You Only Live Twice, you and he's getting a volcano. Okay. And and there's a, and there's a monorail like the hyperloop. Oh my god, this is all coming together. Oh, so it seems. <laughs> Possibly the worst James Bond song. Uh, yeah, or oh. so it seems. It's so non-committal. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a giant hole. I'd never picked in that song before. Or um, maybe, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It started off weird. It has a great. It's potentially the best start, which is the, what makes it so upsetting. Well, it has the weird little Asian moment. That bit. Well, isn't it. That's, that's where the movie's set, though. Right, right. <laughs> no take backs. <laughs> so, I think that we've established that Scott Forstall is in there. Um, well, I feel like, if anything, he is in some sort of gimp outfit being kept in a dungeon downstairs or something. Right. Well, like, you know how, um, what's the name of the bad guy in You Only Live Twice? Oof. Uh, he works for Spectre. Well, is it, is it actually just, um, Blofeld? I hate that I don't know this. It, it, it's so... Blofeld. He's, it's definitely him. Um, he's the antagonist. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Um, did you know it was written by Roald Dahl? I did know that actually the oh, screenplay very interesting I find that yeah it's it's Blofeld he's the bad guy so he's the head of Spectre right yes because this is the one with the cat and the crazy Blofeld with the scar right. on his face and and Kato from the Pink Panther is there mm-hmm. and he's British mm-hmm. suddenly mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. 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 
you've seen the old Pink Panther movies, right? Yes, of course. Some of the best, some of the best films ever made. Um, and um, well, this was yeah, the one Kate, with Little Nelly. Yeah, that was the little plane he flies. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so Blofeld in his little uh, place at the back with loads of artwork and everything. That's where Musk sits. And then he had the piranha pool. My idea is that Scott Forstall is one of the piranhas. Interesting. Or, uh, or it's just the Scott Forst pool. Uh, yeah, so you get fed to Scott <laughs> Forstall. Or he skins you and uses your body as uh, rich stitched leather. Yep. Uh, yeah. You, that's he. He actually takes your skin off and replaces it with Corinthian leather. <laughs> um. Okay, so we got two people. And um, right, we've established that Bolna is now security. <laughs> this is a long episode. Yeah, this um, is really yeah. We should probably just let people sort of suggest ideas, and we come back to that. This, I feel like this needs to be a a, a topic that we check in on. Yeah. Well, it can be sort of a punishment thing. Have we come up with a name for it? The volcano? I would like to call it V-cano. The muscano? Like with V-C and then A-N-O. No. <laughs> that is pretty creative, though. <laughs> I feel like it's just volcano without any of the vowels in it. Oh, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. V-C-N, though. That's how it will be. There's no O on the end. That's the problem. Well, what about the L? Well, but then it's just, it looks like Vulcan. Oh. Vulcan R oh. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so is there an O? Is it Vulcan so, so, so it's, it's, it's spelled V L C N R. It's pronounced Volcano. Dot L Y. Yeah, dot L Y. Volcano Okay. Off I go to buy another. <laughs> Does hover do dot ly? Oh no, because it's Libyan and they they okay. got really upset. They about do it. io. So should we go with io? Um, so it's Volcanario. <laughs> um. Well, what is nr a legitimate extension? Yeah, if I want to buy a domain from Nigeria. Well, I'm are not you saying something about Nigeria. If you're telling me not to buy them from Libya, no, no, Libya just actively don't like it. They almost shut down Bitly. Yeah, but I want to. I want yeah, I've I've actually tried to buy a .nr once for something, and it is super shady. Like there aren't any really legitimate websites that I could find that sold them. Uh, I'm looking now. I'm going to hover and. I'm oh well, volcano.es is pretty good, <laughs> or volcano.it. You can get Volcano.es, so you can yeah, get Volcanoes. No, no, volcan- volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> no way is that available. <laughs> yeah, it is. Or .de, so you can get Volcanoed. Are you, are you spelling... You're spelling it in our way, though, not in... Right, the, right. Oh, uh, you want Volcano. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, if you could get Volcano.es, I would be all over that. That's an yeah, incredible journey. So it's V-L-C-N-R, right? Yeah. You can get VolcanoStill.com. VolcanoRoom.com is available. Good to know. Well, obviously, we can get VLCNR.XXX. We know this. (laughs) 
So, okay, basically everything. <laughs> Volcanosoccer.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the intramural league we're launching there. So, basically, right, so we're going to have to get VLCNR, right? Now, basically, right. everything is available on right. Hover. Is this just the end of every episode now? Just well, we, we haven't said goodbye yet. Normally, this is our after dark moment. Right. So th- we yeah. need to start doing the show live. It would be ridiculous. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I can't. This show live feels like it would be a, just a disaster in the best possible way. Like as good as a disaster could be is what this show would be. Um. So basically, we've got we'll we'll call it Volcano. Right? So we've got Volcano.com, but we can get .co.io. Um, I, I like .es. Okay, so VLCNE, VLCNR dot ES. That's good. I like that. But it's not very startup, though. Dot, dot it is pretty good. Oh, right. So Volcano dot, Volcano it. Volcano it. Okay, so what? Volcano dot pro. <laughs> <laughs> right, so in my basket now. <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, it just came to me as an image of a very quaint 1920s British postman riding a little bicycle with a basket on the front. And you have like a nice little hat on and you're just dropping things in. I can also picture you in a summer dress wandering through picking strawberries right now. Yeah, I mean. Uh, .co works. But I think .es is the best one. So, vlcnr.es. Right. So, volcanoes <laughs> is effectively the... Do uh, we like that? Do, do you... I mean, I do I do like it or io. I like it and es. Yeah, but see, the reason that I like those... I tell you what, I think I get a free .co right now. Why? Uh, because I'm a startup. No, I'm, that's actually that's an actual reason. Yeah, I know. Okay. That's what makes it even more obnoxious. I'm not obnoxious. You're not. That is. I'm just trying to do my job. <laughs> I'm trying to register the volcano donate. <laughs> <laughs> you could actually like a volcano would be a pretty good volcano would be a pretty good name for an app i feel like um i'm actually going to make a website out of this this we uh, we actually need a site that tearaway trousers and volcano to. can go to well we can set up a squarespace site for it well that's what i'm saying and i mean there's no other way to do it no and and i think that what we, we can set up one site and they can shut a stock have good pictures of volcanoes i have no doubt that they do yeah god we're on the way to something here do they have tricycles with balls do they have general piles of sugar? Because we could say that's cocaine. They probably do have all of those things. I, I can't good, say good. that I've looked. Right, good. But, and maybe a picture of the UAE just because you're a But racist. what we need to do right now, though, is decide the domain for our volcano startup. I think it's .it. Okay. Okay. Because that, that's the most startup-y of all of them. That's only Unless $15. Which I'm looking at getting right no, now. No, I think volcano.it is, is better. That it's says... Pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty startup, right? Mm. How many emails, emails, and and email? How many domains am I gonna have in a year? I don't know. I'll, I can I can buy this one. No, I've got it. It's already. <laughs> I've already filled it all out. Oh, I need to select a legal entity. Are we an Italian foreign natural person? Natural person. Uh, are we a company? A one man company? 
Are we a freelance workers or professionals? Are we a, say, we are a non-Italian we're a slash non-person? We're, we're a group of freelance international... Um, Supervillains mm. slash startup people. What do you, CEOs <laughs> is, better, is a better term CEOs. than startup people. <laughs> oh, man, we need to put in a numeric tax code. Oh, are you serious? Man, the Italians are... I was being so nice about Silvio earlier too. We're, we're abandoning .it now. Uh, so what, what's... We're pivoting. <laughs> <laughs> How are we still going Re- right This now? is a rebrand. Okay, so what... We're what, rebranding. What, you liked .co, right? So volcano.co. .co. Dot what? Dot .co. I like .co and I like .es. Right, ES. We could just get .com. No, but it's got to be startup-y. <laughs> That's the point. All right, we could go for .com. Let's go volcano.com. Okay. That's easy to remember. Don't need any tax codes for .com. Yeah. Bloody it's Italians. It's not America. Well, it's the world. Yeah, you go. <laughs> so angry. Well. Oh, I didn't put in the promo code. Maybe we should call um, Steve Ballmer and see if he's interested. Let's put in the promo code. Dancing to me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, every time I read it, because he's got dance, dance. Yeah, we spoke about it when, the last time that, that I bought a domain, which I think was last week. <laughs> it was, it was, it was the end of last week's show. Yeah, because it's been a and long. Right after that, he put up that domain, and and I still cannot help but read it as a German techno song. Dance to me, dance to me, dance to me. Right, so we now have Volcano. VLCNR.com, volcano.com. Oh my god. So, what we need to do now is set up a page where we have the bios for each of the members of the volcano. <laughs> we can be their social network. Do you want to reserve time in the forestall tank? The, the forced pool, you mean? Yeah, the forced pool. <laughs> do we have enough time? <laughs> <laughs> to do this stuff. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you were pretending to be like a tourist visiting the volcano for a second. That too. <laughs> like unless, like if you're looking at a tour guide and you're going, hmm, I wonder if we have enough time to visit the Eiffel Tower today. I my, wonder uh, if we have enough time to see the Pool of Death. My uh, hover page is getting to be quite ridiculous. There comes an ice cream truck. Is that an ice cream truck? Yeah. Could you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> is that like is that like your part time job? Yes, yeah, coming to pick me up. <laughs> I wonder if icecreamtruck.com is available. Are you wearing a bright white suit right now, Matthew? We've been recording for ninety yeah, minutes. Yeah, we need to we need to stop. We actually need to <laughs> this stop. is the longest episode, I think. Uh, thanks for listening to Bionic. So tearawaytrousers.com, volcano.com. We hope something will be there relatively soon. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you can find the show notes for this episode at tearawaytrousers.com/slash/leasest. Or 56. 56. slash 56. If that's too long, which it is, 5x5.tv slash bionic slash 56, which is also long, but it's easier to spell. Um, <laughs> no, tearaway trousers is pretty easy to spell. Well, I mean, you know, it's not tearaway. Tear, like, it's like, it's like tearing something. Away. away. It's like, like awaying something. Yeah, it's like going away. And then trousers are like, you like, know. Like, and then trousers... Like what British people wear to cover their genitalia. 
and with their legs more really we, 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 mm. use we, pants. Don't let our legs we cover our genitalia with our pants. I saw some good ankles in Las Vegas, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to find me online, I am iMike, I M Y K E. If you'd like to find Matthew Alexander, he is at Matt Alex and M A W T A L E X A N D. Or go to Ter- Matt Alexander without the ER. If you go to tearawaytrousers.com, you'll see links to all of that stuff anyway. <laughs> For now, anyway, we're this, going to do something now. This show is a tour de force. Yeah, I was worried we were going to go down a really negative route there for a little bit. Yeah, you were sad at the start. Yeah, I was going to swear for a second there. But Las Vegas, man. Are you ready to go? Yeah, that's what she said. Volcano. What? Like CEO. Are we still record- recording right now? Yeah. I'm just, as I'm writing it out, like, the letter CEO could kind of fit into Volcano. You Wait, know, where? Like V-O-L-C-A-N-E-O. <laughs> v- what? V-O-L-C- A-N-E-O. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that- I like Volcano. If you if you add an e on the end, it spells volcano, <laughs> <laughs> like volcano. The plural of volcano. Um, it's volcanoes. It's volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs>